Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about the art and business of public speaking. I'm delighted to welcome special guest Grant Baldwin from Nashville, Tennessee. Grant is a nationally known speaker, podcaster, CEO of the Speaker Lab, and the author of The Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, and Building Your Own Platform. He is regularly featured in the national media, including Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur, and The Huffington Post. You can reach Grant at his website, thespeakerlab.com, and I'll include a link in the show notes. Welcome, Grant. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Thanks, Linda. Appreciate you letting me be here. I am excited to hear your story because for most people, um, speaking is like this terrifying thing. Like they, sure. I've heard it said that if you're at, you know, a funeral and you have a speaker there and a guy in a mm -hmm. casket, for some people, they would rather be the guy in the casket than they would be. Uh, up there speaking because the right. fear of speaking is worse than the fear of death. And so, and yet you love it. You love it. So when did you decide that you loved it? What is your story? Yeah. So uh, if we go back in time in high school, I was really involved in my local church and my youth pastor had a big impact in my life. And I was like, I want to do that. Like that seems like a cool gig. And so uh, that's kind of the path I was on. I worked at a, uh, a local church for a little while as a, as a speaker and, or as a youth pastor. And so it gave me a lot of opportunities to, to speak. And speaking is one of those things I felt like I was good at. I was decent at. And I decided I want to make a full-time career of it, but I didn't, I didn't know like, how, what does that mean? How do you do that? And at the time I didn't, uh, there was no books or podcasts or resources or anything about that. And so I, I found myself just emailing and stalking other speakers, like, Anything I could, I could learn from them. Uh, that's what I was trying to do. And so, uh, eventually figured out a couple things, was booking a few gigs and got some more gigs and got to a point where I was doing about 60 or 70 gigs a year all over primarily the U.S. and, uh, just absolutely loved it. And so that really evolved into people who were asking me, like, Hey, I want to do that. And they were kind of where I was when I got started. And so, uh, that evolved to creating the Speaker Lab, which is a training company and coaching company for, uh, speakers and, uh, those who are learning about the speaking world. And helping them understand how do you consistently be able to find and book paid speaking engagements. And so, um, yeah, there's a lot of people who uh, hate speaking and despise the idea of it. My wife would fall into that category. Uh, anytime I'm speaking, she's like, hey, do your thing, but don't you dare uh, call me out. Uh, I do not <laughs> want to go up there or anything like that. Uh, and that's fine. I think there's also kind of the misconception that speakers are, you know, they don't get nervous or they don't get butterflies or they're not afraid. I think you, it's okay and it's normal and natural to have some of that adrenaline and some of those butterflies. And it just, it's also just kind of a reminder that, hey, this is important. This matters. This is a, a big deal. And so, um, yeah, for, for some of us, weird ones, speaking is a, is a lot of fun. And isn't that wonderful that we can do the things that we love? And I checked out your website and I looked at some of your story and you mentioned the story about how you, you know, you just had a child born and you were just thinking, do I need to rethink a little bit of what I want to do? I really want to do something that I love. And you had that first opportunity to speak. And when they gave you your check, you thought, really? I can get paid doing the thing yeah. that I love? And then I also loved in your website when you talked about, you know, I'm not a guy with like this amazing backstory. I'm just a guy right. who's a guy. And so that it can work for anyone, which is yeah. really exciting that we don't require this horrific whatever backstory in order to be able to do this. So I would love to talk a little bit first for those who don't love to speak. Mm -hmm. So can you help convince me some of the reasons why it would be a good idea for me to improve this ability to speak? How does that benefit me? How does it, maybe if I'm a little bit nervous to do it, what, how is this going to help me? Yeah, a few things I'd say. One would be, again, I'd go back to just because you're nervous doesn't mean you're not good at it or you don't like it. That's okay. Um, there, I think it, um, 
oftentimes we can confuse uh, uh, nervousness with adrenaline and excitement. And so you think about like other moments in life where you felt kind of a similar butterfly type feeling. So I think about for me, whenever I proposed to my wife, whenever my daughters were born uh, at my wedding, um, you know, if I had a big job interview or something like that, like you feel those same type of feelings. And oftentimes it's not necessarily like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. This is a horrible thing. I'm going to throw up. But it's more just kind of like the body's, uh, the body's heightened sense of like, hey, hey, heads up. Like, this is a big deal. This is important. Like, pay attention, lock in here. Uh, and so again, just because you're nervous doesn't mean that it's, it's a bad thing. I think oftentimes it's a, it's a good thing because it just, it helps prepare you for that, that moment and for that experience. Now, as far as like why, you know, um, uh, why speaking or why should someone consider speaking? Again, not everybody should needs to be a speaker. Not everyone should uh, probably wants to do it. And that's totally fine. Even if you wouldn't consider yourself a speaker, I think, again, kind of a misconception is people think, well, I don't want to speak to huge audiences or I don't want to you know, stand on stage or do something like that. Like speaking can look a lot of different ways, meaning that some speakers want to do uh, you know, big keynotes for hundreds or thousands of people. And other people are like, that sounds miserable. That sounds horrible. I'm much better in a smaller setting, you know? So maybe for someone else, they're like, I, I would love to work with a small group of five or 10 people um, for a full day and help just go deep on their stories or their business or their life or whatever it may be. Uh, and so it's not necessarily like um, that you, in order to be a speaker that you have to do like these big grandiose type of events. So speaking can look a lot of different ways and can be, uh, you know, can show up a lot of different ways for people. Uh, something else as it relates to speaking is, is speaking uh, uh, as speakers, there's a lot of recognition, prestige, accolades that are associated, and just credibility that are associated with people who can speak. And so, again, maybe you're not necessarily, you wouldn't consider yourself a speaker, but maybe at work, you're giving a presentation. Maybe you're speaking at your church. Uh, maybe you're speaking at something in the, in the community, or maybe you're, you're, um, you're at a wedding giving a toast or something like that. And so there's a certain level of, um, again, just uh, credibility with people who, who can speak and, and who can speak well. And so even if you don't consider yourself a speaker, there's a good chance that you're giving some type of presentation, you know, every so often. And, and even if you're, you're at a dinner party and someone asks you to tell a story, you know, you're giving a talk, you're giving some type of storm, some form of, of speech or presentation. Now, you may not think of it like that, but um, the truth is that that's ultimately what's, what's happening. And so, yeah, you may not necessarily want to speak full time and that's totally fine, but there's a decent chance that you're going to be giving some type of presentation at some point in your, uh, in your future, uh, if you haven't already done so. I love that, that you're mentioning some of the different ways. And as you're describing some of the different scenarios in which we would be doing this speaking, I mean, this includes just any type of business situation. For example, totally. if you're in a job interview and you're trying to speak and you're trying to present yourself, that's a form. Or if you're leading a meeting or if you're giving a talk in church or if you are a teacher standing in front of a classroom or this or that or the other, there are lots of different situations where we are required to be able to take our ideas from our head to our mouth and out and share it with other people. So now what you do is to help people be able to do that well. So what kind of tips can you give us to help us to be able to present our, our thoughts through our words and uh, make it sound good and make it interesting? Yeah. One of the best things that any speaker can do is to really take the time to practice and prepare. And so, um, again, let's assume that you are speaking at some type of, you know, meeting or conference or event or something at work. And it's, it's more than just like, you know, you're, you're just throwing some ideas together. But I think a, a misconception is that, that speakers just like really great speakers, they, they just scribble a couple of ideas in a napkin or they just make it up and that it just all magically comes together. And it just doesn't work like that. Like the best speakers on the planet 
really take the time to craft and think through their their message and the words that they're going to be using. And a good way to think about this is like, if you think back to you know high school, college, university, and you remember like taking a, an exam or a test or a quiz, and you have a choice, like before the exam, you can uh, you can just like, ah, I'm just going to show up and wing it. I'm just going to go through the motions and hopefully it works out. Uh, and so you're going to show up, you're probably going to be nervous and uncomfortable um, because you know, like, I don't know this stuff. I'm not ready for this versus like, okay, I'm really going to go through my notes. I'm going to go through the study questions. I'm going to go through the examples and the guide and, and uh, sample practice tests. And I'm just going to really do my part to be ready for this test. You're going to show up and you're probably still going to feel a little bit nervous and a few butterflies, but you're also going to feel a level of confidence knowing like, no, I, I got this. Like I've, I've done the work, I've done the preparation. It may not be perfect, but at least I've shown up prepared. And I think that's the, one of the best things that any speaker at any level can do is really take the time to practice and be prepared for a presentation versus just kind of winging it. Another thing I think any speaker can do is to tell a lot of stories. Stories are always memorable. They're relatable. They are, uh, for a speaker, they're a lot easier to remember versus trying to just give a whole bunch of data or points. Uh, and so stories are very, very uh, powerful for speakers. And I think actually using a lot more first person stories. So, you know, it's one thing for me to say, hey, let me tell you about this, you know, random anecdote story. It's another thing to say, hey, here's something that, you know, happened with one of my daughters or with my wife or something that happened in my business or something that I experienced. And so, uh, like when I speak, there's, um, I tell a story about my first car. I tell a story about skydiving. I tell a story about going to Disney with one of my daughters. Uh, and just like these, like, like human stories, because as, as human, as a speaker, you are one human talking to a collection of other humans. And so the more that you're just kind of humanizing yourself, uh, it's easier to relate to and connect with, with the audience. So those are two quick things just uh, that would come to mind would be making sure that you're, you're well prepared and making sure that you're telling a lot of stories. And that creates such a win-win situation when you're talking about the stories and how it makes it interesting for the listener and easier to remember for the speaker. And so I think that that's beautiful. And you talked about the difference between that versus just giving a lot of statistics, which for many people would just put them to sleep. And so to create something that is interesting and engaging and informative, having good quality content, I, I don't think that can be overemphasized because if someone, if I want someone to listen to me, it's a really good idea to have something worth saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And whenever it comes to, to stories, like a, a good line I like to use is uh, like as a transitional statement, just going into a story is just to say, let me tell you a story. And when someone hears, let me tell you a story, people are immediately intrigued and interested. We lean in. And now we may be thinking like, it's a story. I don't know if this is funny. Is it sad? Is it depressing? Is it motivational? Is it heartbreaking? Is it funny? I, I have zero clue, but it's a story. And so I'm in. And so using that, again, just starts to engage with an audience that helps them to lean in like, oh, here we go. Story time. Let's gather around. And so stories, again, are just really, really powerful and effective for speakers. Isn't that wonderful? And now I'm going to go back to that little thought that you said earlier that uh, it's like, I'm just a guy. I don't have this amazing, yeah. crazy backstory. And yet we all have stories. We have stories. Uh, and, and whether we may not think that they're super amazing and, you know, I didn't go to the moon last week or, or whatever that might be, yep. the stories that we have are most likely relatable and creates that human element. It might be a good idea to kind of... Uh, Think about some of the stories and experiences that we've had and maybe write some down and think about what kind of situations could this apply in? Is that something that you you tell the people that you're working with? Yeah. And so you're exactly right that I think uh, a misconception is that, okay, I would love to be a speaker, but I don't have some crazy story. You know, I haven't um, 
Uh, I haven't overcome cancer. I haven't walked on the moon. I haven't won a gold medal. I haven't, you know, whatever. Um, I think about for me, for example, I'm a white male from the Midwest who's had a normal middle-class family uh, and life. Like, it's just like, there's nothing on paper where you would hear my story and be like, oh, okay, well, yeah, of course that guy uh, should be a speaker. Dolda, that's a crazy story. Uh, I'll give an example. Um, when I got started, there was a, a friend of mine I met and he had, um, he had cancer as a child ended up having a leg amputated and went on to become a one-legged downhill skier in the Paralympics. And so I hear this and I'm just like, I, I can't compete with that. Like, again, I'm just a normal dude. How am I going to compete with this guy's crazy story? But one thing that's important to remember is as speakers, again, you don't have to have a, a sometimes a, a, a crazy story or situation that's happened to you. As speakers, we are in the business of solving problems. And so it doesn't matter necessarily what your, what your story is, but can you solve a specific problem for that audience. And it could be something, you know, personal or professional. It could be any number of things. But uh, as speakers, that's the business that we're in. And so you want to be able to solve one specific problem for one specific audience. One specific problem for one specific audience. And so that is doable because it doesn't mean I need to solve all of the problems totally. or everyone's problems, just yeah. one for yeah, a me, particular uh, audience. Exactly. And let me dig into that a little bit more. And so when we, when we, for people who may be listening going like, Hey, I'd love to be a speaker. So what, you know, what do I need to do? Um, there's two questions you want to answer. One is who do you speak to? And number two is what problem do you solve? And the point being is like, you, you don't want to try to do all things for all people because oftentimes whenever it comes to who do you speak to, the, the default is kind of like, I, I don't know. I speak to people. I speak to humans. My message is for everybody. Right. But if it's for everybody, it's really for nobody. And if I were to ask you, like, what do you speak about? And you're like, I don't know. What do you want me to speak about? I can speak about business or marriage or family or faith or, you know, hobbies or, you know, like travel, like on and on the list goes. And you become this, like, I'm for everybody and I'm for, I'm for nobody. And so a good example and analogy I like, I like to use is uh, you want to be the steakhouse and not the buffet. Meaning, like, if, if you were looking for, if you're going out to eat, you're looking for a good steak, like, you have a choice. You could go to a buffet where steak is one of a hundred things that they offer and they're all mediocre. Or you could go to a steakhouse where they do one thing, but they do that one thing really, really, really well. They don't do tacos. They don't do lasagna. They don't do seafood. They do steak. And that's it, right? And it's counterintuitive because we think, yeah, but what about all these other things that you could speak about or all these other food dishes that you could make? Like, no, no. Or a steakhouse. We do this one specific thing. We solve this one specific problem for this one specific audience. And so, again, it's, it's counterintuitive, but the more specific, the more narrow, the more focused you are, the easier it is to try to, to attract the right type of gigs versus trying to be everything for everybody. Ooh. And it's pretty challenging trying to be everything for everybody. So yeah. again, narrowing it down, that's very helpful. Good let me advice. give you one other example here. So let's imagine that, God forbid, uh, you needed to have brain surgery, okay? okay? And so you have a choice. You could go to your local family medical doctor. They are a doctor. They went to medical school. They may have performed some surgeries before. They know more about the brain than you or I do. But if they've never done brain surgery, I just, I don't know if I'm comfortable with them cutting me open to dig into my brain. And they're kind of like, I don't know, I'll figure it out. Versus a brain surgeon who <laughs> day in and day out, this is all that they do. If you have a bad cough, they're not going to be much good for you. If you have a broken arm, they can't help you. If you have COVID, there's nothing they can do. But if you have a brain issue, that's who you want to go see. Again, we all understand that, but we think for some reason whenever it comes to us as speakers, like, yeah, but I can speak on all these different things. Even if you could, it doesn't mean that you should. And so narrowing it down and saying, no, no, this is who I speak to, and this is the problem that I help solve for that audience. That is amazing. 
that seems simple and yet challenging to be able to Very. focus on what it is that uh, you want to specifically speak on and who that audience is. Because it's easier to go to the default and say, I speak to everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we, and again, we, it's not bad and that like, um, we're, cause we're coming from a place of just, we want to help people and as speakers, you just like, you look for as many opportunities to speak and help as many people as you can. That's totally normal. That's totally natural. But again, if you're going to treat this as a business of, I want to consistently get booked and I want to consistently get paid, then you have to think about it a little bit differently versus like, I, I can do anything and everything that anybody would ever, anybody would ever want me to do. Okay. And I think that's an important distinction. You've taken it from just the ability to speak, which before we talked about the ability to speak and to be able to present well has a very broad application, whether sure. it be in a one-on-one a, a -on -one conversation or whether I'm doing yep. a presentation or whether I'm teaching a classroom or a job interview or whatever. And now you're taking it to, okay, now if you want to make this as a business, this right. is what you need in order to be successful. So work on those personal skills uh, including telling stories and making it interesting. And then if you want to make it a business, then let's narrow the focus and choose what problem you're going to solve for that particular audience. So what types of, uh, so if we're going to go in this direction of talking about, okay, I do like to speak and I think I'm pretty good at it and I would like to make a business out of it. Can you give me a couple tips to help get started? Yeah, and so what we do is we teach uh, at the Speaker Lab, we teach uh, what we call the Speaker Success Roadmap. It makes the acronym SPEAK, S-P-E-A-K. Uh, and so we can kind of go over this at a high level and then dig in wherever you want. But the S is that select a problem to solve. This is what we've really spent uh, a couple minutes already talking about where getting clear on who you speak to, what problem you solve. The P is to prepare your talk. And so being really, really clear on what's the solution that you're providing to the, that problem. The E is to establish yourself as the expert. And so there's two key marketing tools that every speaker needs. You need a website and a demo video. And so in this day and age, if you don't have a website, like you don't exist. People aren't going to take you seriously. Uh, and a demo video is important because it helps to uh, remove some of the risk in terms of hiring you. And what I mean by that is whenever a event planner or decision maker is hiring a speaker, they are taking a risk. Whenever you, you put someone up on stage in front of your audience or your boss or anything like that, and you give them a microphone, you're like, man, I just, I hope they're good. I hope they do a good job. I hope they don't embarrass me. I hope they don't say something inappropriate. Uh, I hope they just, I hope they deliver for us, right? And so a demo video helps a event planner to like watch and get a little sense of who you are, how you speak, how you communicate to determine whether or not you're a good fit. So they want to mitigate and reduce that risk as much as possible. Uh, the next part is A, acquire paid speaking gigs. And so oftentimes the mistake that speakers make is you just say, I just, you know, I just want to speak. And who do I speak to? I speak to anybody and everybody. And I just sit back and I wait for the phone to ring. But what you want to do is you want to be more proactive in reaching out to event planners and having a system and structure in place and a plan in place for being able to consistently book gigs. And the last part of the process is K, is know when to scale. Meaning a lot of people who are interested in speaking are also interested in writing a book or coaching or consulting or maybe doing a podcast or doing a YouTube channel. And so you can do all the things, but you can't do all the things at once. Something's going to come first, something's going to come last. And so you got to determine how speaking kind of fits into what it is that you're you're wanting to accomplish. And so again, that's kind of the high level overview of the speak framework that, that we teach our students. Brilliant. That's brilliant. And how long is a demo video typically? Usually like a, a good way to think about it is think about it like a movie trailer. And so uh, you take like a two hour movie and they boil it down to two or three minutes. And within those two or three minutes, you have an idea of who's in it, what's the plot, what's the theme, what's the genre. And the point of a movie trailer and the point of a demo video is the same. It's to make people want to see more. 
And so I don't need to see, you know, if you're thinking about like whether or not you would like a certain movie, you don't need to see two hours of it. You know, you are really going to watch like, you don't even need to see like a full two or three minutes. Like there's some movie trailers you're like, I saw 10 seconds and I'm like, this isn't for me. Not that that's a bad movie or anything wrong with it. It's just not my cup of tea, which is fine. And so the same thing is true for a demo video is if an event planner is considering hiring you, they're probably looking at you and two or three or four other speakers. And so they don't have time to watch four or five 60 minute videos to determine whether or not you're a good speaker. They just need to see a couple of minutes. And so you're taking that highlight reel and boiling it down into that two or three minute highlight reel to uh, give people like a sense of, of this is this is how you speak. This is how you communicate. Love it. Grant, is there anything that you want to make sure that we cover before we close today? Yeah, anybody listening to, to this probably listens to other podcasts or checks out other shows. So if this is uh, um, interesting and intriguing to you, you want to go deeper on the speaking topic, I definitely encourage you to check out the Speaker Lab podcast. And so we've got uh, uh, nearly 400 episodes there on all different subjects, topics related to speaking. Uh, also, definitely check out the book, The Successful Speaker, like you mentioned, Linda, Five Steps for uh, get, Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, and Building Your Platform. And so um, that speak framework that we covered, we go way in depth in that. And so, yeah, those are the two best resources. And if there's anything I can do to help support people who are building their speaking business and want to share a message with the world, uh, I'm happy to help however I can. Thank you, Grant. And thank you for visiting with me today. You bet. Thank you. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. He said, speech is power. Speech is to persuade, to convert, to compel. Today, I invite you to increase your power by improving your ability to speak. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This, an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.